Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new unsettling stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. These events occurred two summers ago in the Grand Teton area. My boyfriend at the time, now husband, let's call him H, was an avid outdoorsman and also served in the military. I was an ecology major and wanted to spend more time outdoors, so he decided to take me on my first backpack trip, just the two of us. For those who aren't familiar, the Grand Tetons are well known for their wildlife, specifically grizzly bears. My only experience with bears up to this point was watching a little black bear cross the road from the safety of my car. Seeing grizzly country signs around every corner wasn't doing much to calm my nerves. First incident. My boyfriend looked like Indiana Jones, machete hanging from his belt, large knives attached to each side of his pack, bear spray strapped to his waist. You get the picture. The beginning of our 25-mile journey was all uphill. When in bear country, You're supposed to make noise as to not startle the wildlife by accidentally sneaking up on it. As you can imagine, going up a steep hill while carrying a 40-pound pack makes it difficult to make conversation. We were an hour in, and almost at the top of the ascent, I noticed that the woods had gone completely silent, save for the rushing stream that was to our left of the trail. Silent woods are never a good sign. This usually indicates predators are nearby. At this point, I was in front of my boyfriend, and we were about to crest the hill. For the past 20 minutes, we had not said a word to each other, having been too tired to speak. We noticed the silence at the same time, and gave each other knowing glances. I came up over the top of the hill, and immediately froze. Sitting not 10 feet in front of me, in the middle of the trail, was a grizzly bear. My husband wasn't aware yet, as he was behind me. So I did the first thing I could think of. While still in my frozen stance, I managed to take my arm and start flinging it wildly behind me, trying to get H's attention. I was too terrified to speak. The bear went from sitting to all fours, not looking away from us once. H quickly swung me around so that I was behind him, and he just started yelling. Being in the military, he knows how to yell. The grizzly wasn't quite phased, though, as it started to walk slowly towards us. At this point, I was on the verge of passing out from terror. This bear was about five feet in front of us when we heard a loud crack coming from the woods to our right. The bear heard it, too, and he bolted towards the stream. A second crack boomed again, this time much closer than before. H said, It's probably just some falling branches but we both knew that wasn't the case. At this point, we were walking quickly up the trail in an attempt to create some distance from the grizzly and those strange noises. I felt the hairs on the back of my neck stand straight up, and at that same moment, H stopped moving in front of me. He turned around to look at me, and I turned to look behind me. To this day, we are not sure what we saw. Back where we were standing was a large, black, brown mass. 
It looked to be three times bigger than the already large grizzly we had just seen a few moments before. Its back was facing us, and then it stood on its back legs. It looked similar to a bear, but something about the shape was just off. At this point, it was probably stupid to run away, but that's exactly what we did. We were aware of heavy footsteps behind us, but neither of us looked back. The footsteps eventually faded. At this point, I was a mess. H was doing his best to console me. Honey, this is extremely unusual. The bears usually stay away from humans. We're going to be okay. I'm sure that won't happen again. That was enough to convince me to continue on the backpack. Not another hour later, though, we reached a clearing where we decided to take a rest and eat a snack. About a minute after we had sat down, I noticed bushes moving in a line towards the clearing, towards us. Out of the brush comes this adolescent grizzly, who looks just as spooked as I'm sure we did. But he came straight for us. H being the crazy nut that he is, decided to charge back at the bear while screaming. Bear spray at the ready. That did the trick, and the bear ran off. All I could think was, just my luck. But that wasn't even close to what happened the second night. Second night. Before we began our backpack, we had to let the ranger station know which trails and route we planned to take. With this information, they usually send a ranger on horseback at some point during the backpack to check on you to make sure that everything is okay. There were not many approved trails left for us to choose from, and it was just our luck that they were the most difficult. Apparently over the three days we were on those trails, we had been the sole hikers. We didn't see a single other person once we were en route. Anyhow, I guess we missed the ranger who came to check on us. We had been following hoofprints the entire second day, and we hadn't seen any the day before. I had some foot problems, so we spent valuable daylight trying to adjust my boot, laces, and socks to compensate for the pain. When we started on the trail again, we had maybe an hour or two left of daylight, and in the woods, it gets dark fast. I was exhausted. It was now dark out, and H was the only one with a working headlamp, as mine wouldn't even turn on for some reason. We needed to find somewhere to set up camp, as we still needed to eat. It was freezing, and the wind was blowing. It was creating a howling sound as it rushed through the trees, which made it difficult to hear H or discern any other sounds coming from the woods. After another hour of hiking through the dark, we found a clearing. Well, it was more like a bowl. It looked to be about 200 meters in diameter, with the sides being 10 meters down from the trail to the bottom of the clearing. This place was strange. We both felt it, though he didn't tell me how freaked he was till after we had left. There was no moonlight, so all we had was the illumination from his headlamp, our small camp stove, and the flashlight that I fished from my pack. Half of the trees were either dead or fallen, just in the bowl. The vegetation everywhere else was very dense. To help alleviate my anxiousness, he started playing Ninja Sex Party out of his portable speaker. This didn't help much, as it just echoed off the trees, creating a dissonance of sound. He also thought that it would ward off any predators nearby. This is when we knew our anxiousness wasn't paranoia. The silence was back. There hadn't been a single bird chirp since we arrived at the clearing, 
It also may have had to do with the obnoxious music, but because of our previous experience, we decided to turn off the music and head into our tent. As soon as we were situated in our sleeping bags, we heard deep cracks and thuds echoing from beyond the tree line. Falling trees? There had been a lot of wildfires and very little rain this season. Thud. We both froze. That sound wasn't an echo. It came from inside the clearing. Definitely wasn't a falling tree. Thud. It came from right outside the tent this time. We both stopped breathing. H's hands found mine, and we clung to each other. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Paralyzed. Something dragged across the outside of our tent making an indent as it went along. It was thin, almost like a finger. What is it? I whispered, shaking. I don't know. Shouldn't be a person. We're the only ones on this side of the mountain. I was trying my hardest to stifle sobs, trying to listen to what was outside. I could hear steps, but couldn't decipher what it was. The steps stopped, and then the whole side of the tent was slowly pushed inwards. At this point, whatever was outside knew we were inside, so I shined my flashlight at the side of the tent, and what I saw made my blood run cold. It was the shape of a human face pressed into the tent wall. I could make out the nose and an open mouth. Each time they breathed, it made the tent around their mouth billow in and out. H said, F*** that, and pulled a Glock from his sleeping bag. He cocked it, and the sound shattered the silence. The face pulled back, and we heard fast footsteps heading towards the edge of the clearing. We didn't leave the tent until the sun was shining the next morning. The first thing we noticed was the smell of urine. We came out of the tent and looked around. Whoever it was had peed on our coals we had left in the fire, leaving a disgusting stench of evaporated urine. Footprints surrounded our tent, circling it multiple times. Muddy handprints decorated the outside of our tent as well. We think it was mud anyway. The takeaway from all of this? Wildlife is far from the most dangerous thing in the backcountry. And what was my first backpack trip? Will most likely be my last. So this only happened yesterday, and it's been driving me crazy ever since. It's not as wild as other stories here but it's by far one of the creepiest things that's ever happened to me. So my husband and I are walking home from having a beer at the local pub around 6 p.m. last night. In terms of setting the scene, we live in a small New Zealand town, population of about 2,000. 
that's a real mixed bag in terms of residents. Older folks, meth heads, low income, but increasingly, commuters from our capital city have been settling here. We happen to fall into the latter category. It's spring here, so it was still plenty of light out, and we're just chatting as we walk the 10 minutes or so home. About three minutes into the walk, at the first intersection, I spot a cat sitting on the fence of one of the corner houses on the other side of the street from us. I say meow, and it meows back. It then starts stalking a bird, so my husband and I continue watching this house. The cat, really, as we continue to walk past. Suddenly, a person with a brown paper mask on their head kind of stumbles out of the front door and into the yard. Their mannerisms and how they're moving are so strange, but not what I'd associate with being drunk. The house itself seems completely dead, so there's no party on or anything. The person then turns to us and makes eye contact. Well, the eye holes in the mask are staring at us at least, and they slowly start backing away to the front door alcove of the house and disappear from view. We've been slowly walking this whole time, and at this point, I have literal goosebumps and an intense sense of dread. When I write it down, it sounds so silly, but there was something just so very creepy about this person. We're still looking as we walk past the house, and the paper bag face slowly emerges from the alcove again, watching us before disappearing from view once more. As we walk and get further and further away, we keep turning around to look, and the same thing happens over and over again. Slowly but surely, the paper bag face emerges out to watch us. This continued until we were at the end of the street, about 300 feet, and rounded the corner to be out of sight ourselves. It still makes my skin crawl thinking about it. My husband laughed and said it was probably some kid getting ready for Halloween or just f***ing with us. And he's probably right, but I had to keep turning around to watch my back the rest of the walk home because I was just so creeped out. Why a paper bag mask? This happened when I was about 16 years old, so over 20 years ago now. I have five younger siblings, and my little sister would have been five years old at the time. We lived in a bad neighborhood, in the housing projects. Our neighbor was nice, but she always had sketchy-looking people hanging around, mostly men. One day, these two new guys started hanging out there every day. They'd always be outside smoking, or just sitting on our porch. They made me really uncomfortable. They were always staring at me and would sometimes try to get me to walk over and talk to them. Or they'd come over into our yard when my parents weren't home and try to talk to me. Asking me if I had a boyfriend and asking me if I wanted some beer or weed. I was a goody two-shoes Mormon girl, so I was always like, no thank you, I have to go inside now. They were probably both around 30 years old or so. Then they started coming over and asking to use our phone when my parents weren't home. My parents always let the neighbors use our phone, so I never said no, but I would just pass it through the door and make them stay on the porch. They'd sometimes ask to come in or try to talk to me still, but I would tell them no because my parents weren't home. Now I realize just how dumb that was because they could have just pushed the door open. 
but I was raised to ignore red flags and be polite and sweet at all times. Anyway, we had a little dog, and I always took him outside early in the morning on a leash. I was out one morning, and one of the guys came outside and stood there staring at me for a few moments before returning back inside. I brought the dog inside myself, and just a few minutes later, there's a quiet knock on the door. I opened it, and both guys are there. One says, We just saw your baby sister out by the highway. You need to come and get her. I panicked and ran outside with them almost instinctually. I started to run down our street towards the highway, and one of them says, No, we'll drive you there. We need to hurry. I seriously took two steps towards the truck before I realized what it was I was doing. I stopped and said that I needed to go back inside and tell my parents. The man closest to me grabbed me by my arm and jerked me towards the truck, yelling, We have to go now. She's going to get hit by a car. I instantly felt sick and just yelled, Let go of me. He dropped my arm and I ran back inside my house. I ran into my parents' bedroom to wake them up and my little sister was sleeping in their bed with them. I woke everyone up because of how hard I was freaking out. My dad ran outside to find the guys, but they and their truck were gone. I never saw them at the neighbor's house again. I wish I could say that my parents called the police or something, but they just kind of shrugged it off and made excuses like, maybe they saw another kid that looked like your sister. That's some logic that I just could never get behind. And I truly believe that something terrible awaited me if they had gotten me into their truck. I'm glad that my senses returned to me when they did, although I'm still a little embarrassed about how willingly I almost became a key part in my own abduction. Hey everybody, Malevolent here. I wanted to thank you all for taking time out to watch this and all the other videos on the channel. It's very much appreciated. And if you enjoy what we do here, please hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. The support means a lot and I'll be sure to keep the content coming. Thank you again, and I'll catch you on the next one. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>